Living the Principles. This podcast is hosted by Latricia Smith and Phyllis G. Williams. Living the Principles seeks to expand mindsets, express beliefs, and edify excellence in hopes of building a stronger Black community. Welcome to Living the Principles. Welcome. I am Latricia, and with me today is my co-host, Phyllis. Hey, Phyllis. Hey, Latricia, and hello out there, Difference Makers. It's been a while since I've done a karaoke, but today's karaoke is a soca song. And it goes, come and let them see, love and unity, one big family, togetherness. Come and let them see, love and unity, one big family, togetherness. And you can look up Allison Hines to see how that song really goes, because I'm sure I'm off beat. But I chose this song today because we'll be talking about St. Kitts and Nevis, my personal experience with it, and some highlights, and I guess you'd call it lowlights. Latricia. Yes? Have you ever heard of St. Kitts and Nevis? Actually, I had never heard of it before you told me you were going there. I had a lot of people that said where is that? So it's near St. Lucia, Dominica, south of Puerto Rico and north of South America. So it is a smaller island and it's considered the East Caribbean islands. I did look it up and I saw how beautiful it looked. Is yes. It really beautiful in person. It is really beautiful in person as well. I'm not sure if it's as clear as I've been to other islands, so I'm not sure. If it's as clear as Grand Turks, but it is very clear. The water is very clear. The sky is very blue. There's a lot of hills in St. Kitts and Nevis, which I wasn't aware of that. There's wild monkeys. I saw some of those running around. And it is a beautiful place, especially the mountaintops covered in forestry and the clear blue sea. Sounds beautiful. I love nature, so... Anything to do with nature is beautiful to me. Mm -hmm. So tell us, Phyllis, what were some of the highlights of your trip? Well, we briefly touched on the scenery. The food was amazing. I'm surprised I didn't gain 10 pounds being there because they have these things called Johnny Cakes. I'm sure I ate those almost every day. They have mangoes just on the trees, so you could pull over and grab some. Some things called ginups that look sort of like a grape, but a harder outing, and it's a little more bitter. I had kump, and I believe that covers all my native food from that area. I didn't get a chance to eat some other stuff, but maybe next. Oh, yeah, let me tell you. I unknowingly ate cow foot soup. <laughs> <laughs> And I was killing that soup. And I said, these oxtails look weird. And they were like, uh, yeah, that's not oxtail. That's cow foot. And I was like, oh. So how were the cow feet? They taste a lot like oxtail, but they're more fatty. 
Okay. I've seen mm-hmm. cow feet on menus, but I've never been inclined to eat any. Yeah, and I'm not a adventurous eater. I'm not like, oh, I want to see how snake tastes. I'm not that type of person. So that was a unknowingly surprise for me. Wow. Well, I love oxtail, so maybe I'll try it. You're not going to try it. <laughs> I'm a very, very adventurous eater. I didn't know that. Except I'm not down for the comp, though. Okay. Uh, the big snail is too much for me. Yeah, it was it was tasty. I like calamari, all that stuff. So to me, it's in that family. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. like calamari either. Okay, yeah, you wouldn't like comp then. So I love the food. I love the scenery. There were a lot of nice people that I met. One lady in particular, she thought that they were targeting me, a stranger, and she stood by the gate. We were trying to get into a game, and they told me I couldn't have a water bottle. And the lady, of course, they speak dialect over there. So they speak dialect. Some people call it Patois. So I couldn't understand everything she was saying, but she was pointing at me. She was like saying, are you okay? That's not fair. She was talking to the security guard. And that really made me proud that a stranger who knows that I'm strange to her land would take up for me. So that was one incident that made me feel like, man, we really do have each other's back. Why did she think they were targeting you? I'm not sure why she thought that. I'm not sure she overheard me speaking. I'm not sure if it was the way I dressed that she knew I wasn't from there. But I dressed kind of eccentric anyway, so I think I had like on a colorful skirt and a tank top. So it didn't look like I was going to a soccer game, probably. A track and field game. I think maybe she heard my accent because she was just one or two people in front of me. Oh, okay. That is cool that she stood up for you. Yes, it is. That was. And I did do some swimming there. And it's nice to be able to see the fish or see your feet when you swim. We went to this natural hot pool. And I went to the gym the day before I made it there. We did a lot of hard working out, so I was so sore that I was taking these baby steps. I went to the hot spring, and the next day, I felt 80% better. So that was very neat that they have a natural hot spring there. People come from all over the world to go to it also. What was troubling about your trip? Before... I even made it to the ferry to go to Nevis. There was this incident of this lady who was in a relationship with the taxi driver. So she pulled up. She started speaking dialect to him. He looked back at me and she looked at me, just me mugging me. And then, of course, I don't know what all they're saying, but he was just like, basically, I think he was telling her to relax. So he took me to one ferry. That ferry was closed. So he drove me back and took me to another one. She pulled up behind him. And while we were walking out, she made sure she was beside him. That was so weird to me. But I think the reasoning behind that, this is my theory. I'm sure a lot of people from outside of America think all Americans are wealthy or well-to-do. I'm not sure if she thought... Oh, he may try to look for a come up and she may be interested in him. 
I was kind of offended, to be honest. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> what, what would I do coming a thousand miles to find a man? That's sad. <laughs> so it kind of offended me. But that was my first experience with a woman in the St. Kitsanevis area. There were other confrontations there. My friend, she's married to a white presenting guy. He's white and Hispanic, but he looks white. So there were a lot of stairs. There were a lot of stairs. And imagine driving down the street, people would just stare and turn their head. And when we were on the ferry, people would just stare. We went to the club. This woman was just sitting on the banister, staring at them. And it was like, oh, my goodness. It is rude to stare, I believe, anywhere. I'm not sure of customs around the world. But I imagine it's rude to stare anywhere in the world. And just feeling as if you don't belong here by those people. Why are you here? And I'm sure there's a lot of obnoxious Americans that give us a bad rep, but we're down-to-earth people. We respect other people's culture, and we're flexible. So that was kind of uncomfortable to go to a place and not, not receive a welcome. My friend, her family is there, so they were extremely nice and welcoming. I didn't have an issue with any of them. It was just the people in town. My friend also got into it with a homeless guy, and the homeless guy called us a Yankee FK, and we were told to go back to our country. And the irony of it was like, man, this is how Hispanic people probably, when they're being heckled or mistreated in America for being Hispanic. So he was saying, go back to your country, Yankee FK. You guys don't even speak the language. All this stuff. She went and got the police, and the police was like, we don't have mental health facilities like you guys do in America. So if he does something, he will not be sentenced in jail unless it was serious. So that was kind of concerning that they don't have the resources for that. But I believe that's in America, too. We are starting to lose a lot of those resources for mental health. So that was kind of like, man, here we are, black, and it feels like you're that kind of black. I've never really had that experience of feeling like I'm an outside black person to other black people. It discouraged me. It made me feel like, man, why do I do the podcast? Why do I blog? And why do I try to impact the school system? Because we're never going to come together. And you know me, Latricia. I'm not pessimistic. I'm like, we'll get together. It'll take some time. We just need knowledge. But when I tell you I was heartbroken, I was heartbroken broken that we were kind of shunned do you have any idea why that was why they weren't welcoming or why you didn't feel welcomed i think one issue is the perception of americans all of us that went on a trip have a military background so we know not to go to a country with a gold giant shirt on a lot of jewelry and something that says Hey, look at me. I'm a Taurus. So we dress pretty plain, but I still think it was obvious that we were Americans. And people have a perception of Americans being arrogant, loud, entitled, 
and without getting to know us, I believe that was presumed. Another reason why is because I touched on that earlier is because my friend is in an interracial marriage. And I feel that people looked at her like, oh, you a sellout. And that was heartbreaking because I, I consider her my sister. He's like my brother-in-law. And he's a real nice guy. I can't even imagine how he felt as well with those incidents. So the interracial marriage, the being Americans. And I think a part of it's just jealousy. Imagine people who have to work 40 hours a week for $300 a week. The minimum wage is about $300 a week after 40 hours. You still have to pay for rent. You still have to pay your utilities and groceries. And I just imagine it's a lot harder for the people that are making a low income that they internalize it or they envy it if they think somebody is middle class, especially a middle class or upper class Americans. I believe that was part of it. Like, you're so privileged. You guys are so privileged. So I just don't like that about you. Wow. That, mm -hmm. that is sad. Did you guys have any conversations after having these experiences? We did talk a little bit. And my friend's sister who lives there, she said, oh, it's a very small island. A lot of people know each other. So some people may just stare because you're an out-of-towner. Because they do have a tourist area, but we were not in the tourist area. We did talk about that. Her sister was telling us, oh, maybe sometimes it's just you're from another town or you're not from here. So people just stare. And I can see that because I grew up in a small town. So when we see somebody we don't know, we're like, who is that? She tried to reassure us that it wasn't all because of our appearance, that it was because of just being outsiders in general i think the same thing that happens in america happens in the islands i think there's colorism i think there's elitism and that probably was intertwined in it as well the did she have kids just to have lighter skinned children or things like that i wonder if people question that as well but we we talked about it and we said we weren't going to be bothered by it or we said we we're going to stare back. So <laughs> we did say that after so many times. I can understand how people would have some type of apprehension towards strangers. They see you. This is not common or familiar where they live and they stare. It's kind of like an anomaly, particularly the couple that's interracial. If there's not much cultural diversity there, is there any cultural diversity there? I'm glad you asked that. They do have cultural diversity because when I say it's like the same thing is happening around the world. I spoke with someone in Australia. They have immigration issues. America, we have them. And St. Kitts, they have them also. There's a lot of people from other islands that are deported or move to St. Kitts and Nevis. So there's a, there's a growing Spanish population 
and St. Kitts and Nevis. But when you say growing Spanish, are they black? So are they Afro-Latinos or Afro-Caribbean? They aren't Afro-Caribbeans or Afro-Latinas. They're the complexion of Mexicans or Puerto Ricans. They have olive skin tone, dark curly hair. You can tell that they're not Afro-Latino. Another thing I was thinking when you mentioned that it could be elitism or jealousy, I was thinking how so many people have the perception that white is better. So Mm. that could also be a thought process that you think you're better because you're with this white man. Mm-hmm. The perception, it really is on the person who has these thoughts or ideas. It's not you. It's not that you think you're better because you're an American or you think you're better because of your financial circumstances. It's that other people who's looking at you when they compare themselves to you, they have this idea that you think you're better. Yes, yes. I think that's a lot of it. We also had an incident at the track and field area because my friend, she left when she was very young, so she doesn't have a strong accent. They were talking about us in dialect. We were at a game, so she was cheering, and they were saying she needs to move. And she is definitely not a not a timid or afraid person, so she spoke back to them. She was like, why do I need to move? Is it because I didn't come with this group? There's a lot of people cheering because it's a game. So why single me out? So the lady, of course, she was shocked like, oh, she's not a Yankee. Funny ears. But and it kind of just kept going after that. The tension just kept because one, my friend, she's very bold. And she was saying things like, you don't intimidate me. You don't own this space, and we paid just like you did. So the lady said, we'll carry you out. And I was thinking, oh, they're going to pick us up. That's going to be a lot of work. Picking up. (laughs) We're not exactly sticking bones here. Then I realized that meant they were going to beat us down until an ambulance had to transport us. So that was tension with that as well, with people talking about us and not realizing she's Caribbean. So she understands the language, although she doesn't have the Caribbean accent, she still knows the language. She still knows it. Mm -hmm. She still knows and understands it. And they thought of her as an American, not as one of them. Yes, because she really doesn't have a Accent. If you leave that early, some people won't have an accent when they leave before a certain age. Right, but does the accent make the make the, the person? person? <laughs> yeah. I guess so. I guess if you Caribbean, <laughs> you don't have an accent. You fake Caribbean. You. <laughs> I don't know. But the funny thing is, I was only down there for a week, and I started to pick up their dialect, and my words would come out like them because it's integration. So there's people that have the dialect that aren't from there just because they've been there for a while. Like some say American moves there 
and they stay there for five years, they're going to be able to speak the language. Maybe they're more accepting of people that have the language, regardless of who they are. I wonder if that is true. Yeah, because we met a white couple, and they were, I think he said he was born and raised in St. Kitts and Nevis, but he, he spoke like the natives. He was speaking English to us, but his accent was like the natives. So, And you didn't notice uh, him getting into any conflict or people treating him differently? Mm-mm. I didn't see any of that. But it was just a snapshot of what we saw. I think that's something also. You know what I equate that to now? Going back to America. You know what they say? They need to learn the language. So I feel like there's some kids there like, they need to learn the language. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so there's pride, I believe. Some things are human flaws. Pride, nationalism, hatred, division. They're part of the human nature, and it can occur in any culture. Yes, very true, very true. Yes. Maybe you experience these things because, like you said, you were integrated into the culture. You weren't in the touristy areas where they're used to seeing Americans and used to dealing with Americans. You're you're out there on the land with the natives. Mm-hmm. And Roth's University is in St. Kitts and Nevis. So a lot of veterinarians go down there to veterinarians go down there to go to college. But I believe most veterinarians are probably white. So I feel as if there's this admiration sort of with white people or maybe this fear that if they do something to them, that then they'll go to jail. But compared to a black American, it's not the same. That's just my thoughts, because we went a week before something called Culturama and we went to this downtown outside event. And there were a group of white people and it seems nobody really bothered them or stare at them. Do you have a theory about that? That's it. <laughs> I think it's this fear. If I get into a fight with a, just like in America, if I get into a fight with a white person, the consequence is going to be heavier. But if I fight this black person, they may just make me spend a night in jail for one night. Like, so you equate the punishment of white people as more detailed or harsh than you do with black people. That's my theory. But your friend's husband looks white, yet there was still conflict. Was he there during the soccer game? Yeah, he was. He's pretty quiet. But there was only stares for him, but there was no confrontation. The confrontation still was with my friend. That is so interesting. Mm-hmm. I wonder if other people had the experience of being an outcast going to a black country. I've been on cruises, and when you're on a cruise, you're in a touristy area. So I didn't have any of those experiences when I went on a cruise. But being in the heart of the city or not in a touristy area, it was a little different. I wonder if other people had that. So if we have any listeners that have had an experience, please Email us at podcast at livingprinciples365.com or visit our Facebook page. I want to also talk about good experiences you've had in 
other countries? What do you think we can do to bridge the gap? So Pan-Africanism can exist. What can we do to bridge the gap so Pan-Africanism can exist? Have you had any bad or good experiences visiting another black country as a black American? What about you, Latricia? You've traveled quite a bit. I haven't really had any negative experiences in predominantly black places. Well, that's good because that was my first one and I've been to a few other countries and that was my first experience. Now tell me what is the difference between St. Kitts and Nevis? So they're two smaller islands. Are they Mm -hmm. similar? Because you were saying when you went to Nevis, you had these issues. What about St. Kitts or is it culturally the same? Nevis is considered the country. So it's a more rural area. St. Kitts is more domesticated, more citified. That's where a lot of people from Nevis go there to work. So there was a difference with the pacing of the sister islands. St. Kitts is a fast-paced island. Nevis is a slow-paced island. Nevis, you can go and say, hey, I'm looking for John Jacob. Oh, I know John Jacob. He lives down there. But you can't do that in St. Kitts. So there's a big difference with the pacing and what's available to both countries. I don't believe they have a movie theater there. Wow. What kind of experiences did you have in St. Kitts? Well, we had the experience, one experience that was negative came from the homeless guy in St. Kitts, the one that called us a Yankee FK. That was in St. Kitts. Okay. And Nevis, that was the location where the lady said she'll carry us out. That lady, she wasn't even from St. Kitts and Nevis because they were having something where people come from a lot of different islands. And it started raining, so we went under their shed so we could have covering. And I, I forget what island she was from, Dominica or St. Martin, but she was from another island. Oh, and let me say this. I talked about the lady that spoke up when she thought I was being isolated. There also was a guy. He said, woman, you trouble to the lady that said she'll carry us out. He was like, woman, you trouble. You're a troublemaker. And I'm from St. Kitts and Nevis. This is my home. And you are not a good representation. We're all the same. There was a guy that said that, and he tried to talk to me, just like, where are you from, and all this stuff, because my friend's sister was like, hey, Phyllis and my sister are Marine veterans. They are not going to back down. They just rather, I guess, I would rather get beat up, but... Yeah, they would rather fight than to be viewed as cowards. That's what she was saying. So we finally did succumb to moving. But that's my sister. So, of course, I'm like, man, I'm going to have your back. Whatever happens, I got your back. I got your six. But the lady, she, she was just picking on us basically because we weren't Islanders. And I heard somebody behind us say, the Yankee woman. So <laughs> I'm just like, oh, wow. Okay. Wow. It's amazing when you get it from all corners. 
one thing is when you're getting it from somebody who doesn't look like you, but when mm-hmm. you're getting it from somebody who looks like you, that's got to be disheartening. Yes, and when I say it broke my heart, it made me lay in bed at night thinking. I didn't know there was division between different nations of black people. I imagine there is, but I've never had that experience. So that was disheartening to me. But in the same breath, I went on an event last week. I was on a bus trip, and there were two or three Caribbean people on the bus. And one of the people, the one of the black Americans, said to the Caribbean, speak English. I don't understand you. And it made me think about St. Kitts and Nevis. Like, we don't need to do that. Ask him to repeat himself. Can you say that again? Can you say that again slowly? But to say, speak English. I don't know what you're saying. That was no different than a racist person saying something to a Hispanic person here, in my view. It's still this elitism or cockiness that because they're different, you're better than them. Yeah. And I don't think black Americans, I don't think we should make fun of other black people from different nations. And I believe we should be the people that extend our hands and make sure we don't sound like our oppressor. I think what's so interesting about that is the same way you felt over in their country is the same way they feel over in this country. Mm-hmm. Maybe not them in particular, but perhaps like the person who was on the bus, they may have felt that same way in this country. And I'm sure that there are other people who are not from this country, who are black, who are mistreated by black Americans in this country. So it goes back to the question that you submitted to the audience. What can we do to bridge the gap? Yeah, I think if I was to answer it, I would say be more conscious that your actions don't mimic the oppressor or an oppressor. Why do you think it matters? We're all black. <laughs> like we, we're all blacks. We have very similar experience despite the diaspora and we can build together. We can demonstrate those Kwanzaa principles we've talked about as a unit to be more impactful. We can't just have, okay, well, just the black Americans are going to focus on cooperative economics, but we're not going to include the Africans and the Caribbeans and the Afro-Hispanic people. We're not including them. It's going to take all of us to make a change for people of color in general and especially black people. I totally support that contention because if we don't, then what happens is we'll have pockets, just like we do here in America, we'll have pockets of black people. So we have Haitians who are over here and we have Africans who are over here. And I even believe the islanders are separated. We have people from this island over here we have jamaicans over here we have bahamians over here and we'll have all these pockets of people and we're all fighting for the same thing but we're all fighting separately as opposed Mm -hmm. to fighting together we're better together 
We are. We are. That reminds me of that saying, united we stand, divided we fall. And if we're ever going to excel as a people, we have to come together in unity, knowing that we're all black. That's our commonality. Whether we're African-American, whether we're from the continent of Africa, whether we're Afro-Latino, whether we're Caribbean, it doesn't matter. We're mm-hmm. all black. And we are. what should bring us together. And we're all in the struggle together. Yes. It sounds like you're ready for the principal challenge or to state the principal challenge. <laughs> Because your voice was going up during that discussion. Yeah, passion came out. Yes. Principal challenge. Live them out. Our principal challenge for today is to take the time out to learn about other black cultures that are different from your own. And instead of trying to get someone to assimilate into your culture, How about you learn something about their culture? I appreciate you sharing that principal challenge. This leads us to the good news. Open your hearts, mind, and ears for our next section. Spread the good news. Not rumors, not rubbish. Living the principles, we spread the good news. Well, we talked about African diaspora, so our good news is going to be based on that as well. Jamaica has sought return of artifacts from British museums. The Jamaican government has said these things have been taken knowing that they do not belong. So they're requesting that it is returned due to the importance and sentimental value of the Jamaican country. I commend them for taking a stand on what belongs to them. Katherine Johnson turned 101 on August 26, 2019. Katherine Johnson is an African-American woman who assisted in helping astronauts. She was known as the human calculator. You may have seen her life displayed on Hidden Figures. Our third and final good news bullet point is Edgardo Miranda Rodriguez. She created the first Afro-Latina character in the superhero universe. It was designed by her, a Puerto Rican animator and activist. It was displayed at the 2019 Afro-Latina Festival in New York. We appreciate the African diaspora around the world. All right, Latricia, we have had a hearty discussion. We have nurtured them with some good news. Do you have a soul snack? Yes, I do. Our soul snack comes from an Ethiopian proverb, and it says... When spiders unite, they can tie down a lion. Very fitting. That's our show for today. Until next time, expand your minds. 
and impact your communities. Thanks for listening to Living the Principles Podcast. Be sure to visit us at livingtheprinciples365.com to access the show and join in on the conversations.